Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So a lot of the times when Cumberbatch is like 25 years ago, I'm like, well, 25 years ago, Desi Plemons <laughs> was in middle school. Um, um. Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. I wonder what little lady made these. All right, everybody, welcome to Recotopia. It's episode one. I'm Chris Atkinson. And I'm Jeremy Scott. And, uh, yeah, God, we don't know what we're doing. Anyway, um... (laughs) Um, we're gonna no. recommend some shit that's what we're doing that's basically what this is this is a uh this is a, a recommend show um we're gonna come up with a whole bunch of stuff that we've been watching lately and uh talk about it and then we're gonna have uh a big recommend both that both of us have seen mm-hmm. and talk and and uh, do a deep dive on those movies and then uh we're gonna try to come up with what would be a good double feature for that movie that we we both recommend i do not know what that movie is jeremy knows what that movie is is correct because this was chris's week to pick the main recommend deep dive and i i view this a little bit as like a movie club the main Mm -hmm. recommend will be like a movie every week that you will find out a week in advance Uh, At the end of this episode, we'll tell you what next week's movie is so that you have time to watch it. And then we're going to record live starting with episode two for our Patreon Sin Club members. Uh, And you'll be able to chat along with us and we'll be able to incorporate your thoughts into the discussion. And it'll be basically a movie club. But prior to that, we have some mini recommends. And then after that, we have this surprise. This would make a good double feature. And this one was tough. I'm going to be honest, uh, mm, but mm-hmm. before we get too far, should we start with our small recommends? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small. It's tiny. It's petite. It's wee. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's get into uh, what we've been digging lately. I mean, I guess we could also make this. Hey, this is a movie I saw two years ago that I never got a chance to say anything sure. about too. But for the most part, this is going to be stuff that we have seen recently. Um, I'll go ahead and start because uh, I don't know how it was a couple weeks ago that Sidney Poitier died. Mm. 
and um and uh and i was looking at the the movies that he'd made and i'm I'm like wow you know i've seen a i've seen a handful of sydney poitier but i haven't seen nearly as much as i should have mm. and uh so i uh rectified that by watching nice. um I watched, uh, you know, the defiant ones and I watched, uh, lilies of the field and, uh, to sir with love and guess who's coming to dinner and in the heat awesome. of the night. And there was, um, I had seen in the heat of the night before there are two sequels to in the heat of the night. I knew that, uh, uh they call me Mr. Tibbs was one of them because that was really obvious, but then there's another one called the organization, which I haven't seen yet, but, oh, wow. They call me Mr. Tibbs is not good. Oh, um, bummer. But I, I also, <laughs> but I also saw a couple of his comedies that he made in the seventies with Bill Cosby. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, th- 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 those were, I don't know. They're, they're, they're so, so, I guess, uh, it's interesting watching, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting watching Bill Cosby back in the day. Cause, uh, probably like you jeremy i knew bill cosby from cosby show and stuff like mm-hmm. that and this was a, a a little bit different kind of bill cosby back interesting anyway uh the one that i'm going to recommend on this one is guess who's coming to dinner and uh, it's it's amazing how um it, it it feels like it's you know i mean this is obviously a a movie that um is sort of ahead of its time but it's also way too late also <laughs> at the same time and, uh, and, and, you know, the story is very simple. You have a woman who is, uh, engaged to a, a black doctor played by Sidney Poitier, who, uh, they met in Hawaii and they're going, they've, they've just met in Hawaii. Like they're, they've been, uh, uh, they've only known each other for two weeks and they're already engaged. And then they're, and then she's bringing him back to meet the parents played by Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Ooh. Um, wow. and, um, and uh meet the parents and basically just spring this on them and it's amazing to me how the beginning of this movie there's no doubt in my mind that jordan peele uh sort of uh emulated a lot of the things and guess who's coming to dinner uh as for the lead up to meeting the parents because um this woman believes and i believe it's Catherine hepburn's niece by the way playing this i can't okay. remember her name right off like Catherine naughton i think is her name something okay like that. um uh she is completely naive and believes that uh her parents are so liberal that the she'll be able to bring sydney poitier back home and they'll be just like ah that's awesome and just o- welcome him <laughs> with open arms and uh and sydney poitier much like daniel kaluuya and get out is, is like uh have you i mean you you know we live in the world right basically you know this is a this is not something that you spring on your parents um and uh, what follows is, you know, basically there it's a, it's a warming up process, obviously springing it on people like this is going to be really tough. It's going to be tough no matter what, right? Because you're like, I met some dude in Hawaii. I'm going to get married in two weeks. It's an interesting detail that I wonder, I wish kind of, I'd like to see this movie without that, that, uh, that, that short window that they're in. Hmm. Because that gives them an out. It gives Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn an out on their, you know, their, I don't know if I'd struggle to call it just sheer racism, but like it gives them an out to, for them to be uncomfortable basically. Mm. 
Um, and Catherine Hepburn at first is like, I don't know about this. And then she sort of really like quickly gets on board with it. But Spencer Tracy is the one who's kind of like, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like this. And Sidney Poitier's parents who come, who are also coming over for dinner later, uh, they're not, uh, and completely on board with it. So it's a bunch of like conversations, uh, you know, how, how are we going to deal with this? What do we need to do? Poitier puts the, uh, uh, gives them a choice. If you're, if you're both not on board with this, I'm not going to go through with the marriage, which is what the sort of the whole movie sort of hinges on Does Spencer mm. Tracy end up, uh, coming around in the end. Spencer Tracy is, uh, actually in his final days on this earth oh, wow. in, in this movie, he dies 13 to 14. It's somewhere around their days after this movie is filmed. Oh my. And, uh, he has a big speech at the end where Catherine Hepburn, you can see her visibly, uh, crying because she knows that this might be his last performance. Wow. Um, this movie's really good. I was uh, having discussions, uh, about this and, uh, and, uh, it is kind of it, one thing about, uh, this movie is that they really, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what Jackie Robinson had to do when he got in the major leagues, right? He had to be perfect. He had to be absolutely the, 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 the finest gentleman to get yeah. into, like, he couldn't have any flaws and Sidney Poitier, he's a doctor, he's decorated. He's, you know, he's been all around the world. He's super respected and all that. So they have to, they really make sure that he's like the utmost and top person he can be uh, in this. So guess who's coming to dinner does have some kind of flaws here and there, but the fact that the movie came out in the year of loving versus Virginia and came out, mm. uh, it, I think that, that, uh, that uh, court case happened just a few days after this movie was shot or it came out. I can't remember, but it's the same year. So they're wow. even talking about stuff that where it's illegal in some States for this couple to be a thing uh, in the movie saying there's 20 States that it's illegal. And then a few days later, it was, it was not a thing anymore. It was, uh, the, you know, the Supreme court had already handed down their decision. Uh, this movie is great though, especially there's a moment where Catherine Hepburn, uh, puts somebody who works for her completely in their place and fires her by the end. Like it's this one big, long, like this this friend who's really concerned about what this relationship means and everything and is saying all these little snide things Catherine Hepburn like all in a walk down to this woman's car like just blindsides her with this big huge like and I want you to take your things out of the office and and, and oh. I want you to you know, all this other stuff it's really great so um I highly recommend uh, guess who's coming to dinner if you've never seen it now, which character does Ashton Kutcher play? Um, he plays. <laughs> um, um, my small recommend uh, that I think Chris would also like to recommend, I'm not 100% sure he feels the same way, is uh, Yellow Jackets, mm -hmm, yeah. a television show on Showtime um, that is 10 episodes long, and I originally wanted that to be the main recommend on one of these episodes until... Chris and I realized, hey, that's 10 hours. We can't really mm -hmm. ask somebody to do that in one week, uh, yeah. even though that is how I watched the show. Uh, it's basically a, a decorated girls' high school soccer team, plane crash in the woods of the upper Northwest. Uh, there are flashes of some weird 
tree voodoo religion mm. possible cannibalism and and then we're constantly flashing forward 25 years and following about four of the girls um who apparently got out of the wilderness at some point they were there for we know they were there for 19 months um and so each episode advances you know the the time in the wilderness by a week or two sometimes more and then the time in the present day by a couple of days it feels like maybe a week at the most uh and it's just bonkers it's it's absurd but it's also great it's incredibly acted mm -hmm. uh and it is doing what lost did in a much better way in that it is constantly giving you answers but there are just so many damn questions that some of the bigger ones remain out there but i feel like every episode gives you an answer and you're like oh wow so that's what happened with that uh but they've just layered it you know according to them they went in and pitched you know basically a five season plan or at least a an end they knew they would get to and uh it is very much like lost in that you end up wanting to speculate you end up wanting to discuss um <clears throat> and ha making theories and predictions and then seeing how freaking wrong you were uh mm -hmm. because the show continues to surprise i i don't think very many of my predictions have come true uh, mm -hmm. Chris, give us your brief thoughts on Yellow Jackets. Yeah, um, Jonathan um, uh, told us about this, and and I know we're on the first episode of a new podcast here. So if you don't know who Jonathan is, Jonathan is a part of our network, and he's on uh, the Behind the Sins podcast and everything. And um, I had seen a bunch of uh, I had seen a bunch of um, promos for this uh, before it uh, came out uh two episodes in jonathan was like this mo this show is great and i was like ah yeah i'm kind of interested in that because i love melanie linsky and i love christina ricci and um and uh and so yeah i'm going to give this a shot and then the third episode i think came out and that's when i binged the first three and uh and, and i was like yeah all right i'm 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 ready to watch i'm ready to go to the end with this show yeah um uh, and it's also, it's great to see, I mean, I, I, I love Juliette Lewis and, uh, and, uh, you know, who is the, um, it's, um, it's Tawny Cypress. Who's another great, they're, 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 uh, their counterparts, their teenage counterparts are all, are all well, are well done too. Um, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who a lot of people have been exposed to in the past, uh, week or two is in that new scream movie right yep uh, i had seen her also in the leftovers that's where i first saw her uh she's great and um and uh and just yeah this cast is is phenomenal um uh it's just uh it's just one of those shows you know like there's a lot of, there's always just danger uh lurking around the corner we know for a fact who survived but we don't know for a fact who is who's going to die and if there are people that we think are dead right. that are going to come back um 
and and uh so the the you see the the drama on the island with these girls trying to learn how to survive and and there's only a couple of adults that are actually only one adult i think on the entire island the coach that came with them um and um and so it, it's it's an interesting dynamic because it the whole politics of everything changes at this point what was in high school uh, what, who were who were the the queen bees in high school are not going to be the queen bees here on the island. There's right. people who have different skill sets at this point. Those people who have different values, and that girl who plays Misty, I don't know her name. I know Christina Ricci plays the adult. Uh, it's Samantha Hanratty who plays the uh, plays the younger Misty. And there's obviously something. There's a screw loose there. Yeah. And and uh and uh it's it's just fun watching her because she's you know she's obviously adapt she's kind of like well suited to be on this island. Yes. And a realizes it I don't, pretty they're, early. Not, they're not technically on an island I don't think but No, uh, yeah. I, 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 I yeah, keep saying wilderness. island too. Yeah. Uh this wilderness, yeah, I'm sure it's uh the, you know it's not on an island, it's the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> you fucked um, up in your first episode. Right. What a bunch of dicks you guys are. Um but uh, you, you see the you see that drama unfolding on the island. We don't we we have hints of what's going to happen. We don't know exactly where everything is is uh, is going quite yet. Meanwhile, their adult versions are out there, and everybody wants their story. All, and, and all they they've only told them the bare bones story, the the survival story. That I don't think it's even gotten into the, uh, you know, they haven't even said anything like that's negative or dark. It's just people right. died. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and so like uh, th there's a they're they're all trying to live their lives now. You know, x amount of years later. How many is it? Twenty something. Twenty. 20 well, it's the twenty fifth anniversary. Or reunion, yeah, twenty fifth or twenty five. I think. Yeah. Um. Uh. They're they're trying to live their lives, and you have. Uh, you have uh, the Tawny Cypress character, um, uh, Taisa, uh, is uh, is is running for a, a local office and like a state representative, I think. Something yeah, like that. something like that. And uh, and uh, there are people who who seem to know their secret and and are about to expose it, and they're trying to figure out who it is and if they can quell it because you know the you know trying to live a normal life under these circumstances is going to be impossible. So, uh, I, I highly recommend it as well. There's just a lot of appealing actors in this and, uh, and it's got all the intrigue that you, that you could want. Out of I think, like I think it would work for anyone, but I think for, if you were a nineties kid, uh, I think there's something in the flashbacks, there's so much great nineties music being used. And yeah. then, They've done this awesome thing of taking three actresses who s sort of got their start in the 90s with Melanie Linsky mm. and Christina Ricci and uh, the other one. Um, <laughs> Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis. Um, and, and they're the modern day versions of these girls who, who were from the 90s. And it's, ah, it's just, I feel like I'm in really good hands of people who know exactly where they want this to go. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was a whirlwind of a ride and i give it three thumbs up mm -hmm. yeah exactly three. three uh yeah uh we we got one season in the books and apparently four more to go so yeah. there's all sorts of things that can happen uh at this point but uh yeah it's a it's a definitely a recommend go out and make some time for that for sure 
Um, do you want to dive into the big thing or do you want to do another uh, small recommend? Um, let's do another small recommend and get into the big thing. All right. Um, oh, man, there's a, there's a movie I saw over the weekend that I had been wanting to see for a long time. And <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if it does it justice to make it a small recommend, but it's one of those movies that infect your soul and you have to watch and you have to talk about it. Okay. Um, so a bunch of, there's, there's three friends of mine who once one Saturday every month has, has a movie night. And, um, and, uh, we, we take turns picking movies and everything about a year or so ago. I wanted to see Ken Russell's the devils, because it was uh considered to be like this masterpiece and and um and uh I, I so i was like okay i had never heard of this before but it was rave reviews anybody who any any kind of review that you could find on it not streaming anywhere um it had it has had times where it streamed on like the criterion channel and shutter and things like that um but uh can't find a blu-ray of it and and you can find dvds but they're like korean dvds and you don't know exactly if they're gonna like work in your player a lot of times finally i was like you know what i want to see this movie and you know went ahead and and took the plunge to buy this korean dvd hopefully it's it has english on it and you don't have to worry <laughs> about it being dubbed in korean or something like that uh and sure enough i got one that was uh you know you could uh it was english and everything so um uh the devils i don't know if it, some people have maybe seen benedetta um uh this uh, uh movie that's come out paul verhoven i think paul verhoven tried to make his own the devils with benedetta hmm. um but the devils is is a far superior product um um it is about this small town that has a priest played by Oliver Reed uh, for you youngins out there. And maybe God, your youngins may not even be old enough to remember gladiator at this point, but <laughs> he's in gladiator. He's the uh, Proximo <laughs> in gladiator. Um, Oliver Reed plays a priest, but he's a different kind of priest. He likes to sleep around and, and uh, you know, he, he he's he's uh he he's uh he, he he's kind of a dick he's got this one he's got this kind this one woman who's having his baby and he doesn't want to have anything to do with her and and uh and uh but he does fall in love with this one woman and ends up marrying her um but uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh uh, I would say there's a lot of uh, uh, strain in the town because there's a, a plague going on. Uh, there's uh, Catholics versus Protestants uh, is in is in is in play at this town and everything. There's a lot of political intrigue, and there are people who who don't like this priest, even though he even though he's kind of a dick. I think he does you know he does pretty much still give people they'd still like him. There's a lot of people who still like him. Um, Vanessa Redgrave plays a nun inside this, uh, this one, uh, uh, I guess nunnery. Um, yeah, I can't, sure. think of the, I can't think of the name, the convent. Um, it's not a hatchery. Uh, I know that much. It's not a hatchery. You're right. You're correct. <laughs> um, 
uh vanessa redgrave the first time we see vanessa redgrave she's she's got this weird posture her back is all like i don't know if she's got she's got something that i don't know if that i you got to realize i watched this movie it is in english but it's also a dvd so mm-hmm. if there's anything that they kind of skirted over in it, i did not hear it mm-hmm. uh, but she apparently has some sort of affliction she seems to lust after this priest whenever he walks by and everything and he and she ends up for what various reasons she ends up accusing him of uh, raping her and um and he want and she wants to take him down and um this starts this whole uh political process basically of people coming to the town there's all these different positions of power who are who are interested in what's going on here uh asking you know asking their questions and then coming to the conclusion that she must be telling the truth about all of this because of every everything else that they're seeing and everything the movie just gets super wild um i mean it it starts i mean it's it's right out the bat it's pretty wild um uh, but once the, all the once all the political figures come in and they're asking their questions and they're just like they're just <laughs> it, it, there's, there's no there's no better encapsulation of power corrupting mm. absolutely than in this whole Catholic Church structure and political structure and everything um, and uh, people just trying to come up with the conclusions that they want out of this it's you know, it's got very crucible esque um vibes to it um uh but once these people come in and start asking their questions everybody's acting on everybody's kind of like insane but they're it's not like they're just acting for the camera there's there's an intensity to it i can't explain it you have to watch this movie to really know now this movie ain't for everybody (laughs) it is you don't you know like if you're easily offended at sacrilegious type of things you don't want to watch this movie because uh, there's a point where the nuns go crazy and they're like stripping down naked and they're running around and just doing weird shit and you know and it's and there's even scenes they cut out of this movie that wow. Warner brothers was like i you know, like when they approached them to make a director's cut or whatever they're like yeah no we're good we don't need to put that <laughs> back in the movie um um but uh the the amount of hysteria that this trial uh creates uh is um is is just it's something that just never lets up once it starts it just kind of just infests your mind it's just like a a constant i don't know it it propels itself towards its ending Hmm. uh and all oliver reed does much like mel gibson and braveheart he has to just confess uh that he is he has done something wrong and Oliver Reed is basically the guy who's like, I never did anything wrong. What would that be if I just said that I did something wrong uh, when I didn't? So I'm just going to go ahead and you just do what you have to do hmm. and everything to me. Um, Oliver Reed is amazing in this. Uh, and uh, so is Vanessa Redgrave. I, and there's, there's a lot of people who I don't know the names of who are great actors in this. They're just absolutely fantastic. It's a movie that you have to see uh, to really get what I'm at get, getting at because this is by the end of it, I, I turned to uh, you know the people I was watching it with. I was like, I don't know, but I feel like I just watched a masterpiece here. 
Mm. And they were like, yeah, this is, and then like days later, we're still texting about it and everything Mm. about how this movie is still like just sort of infected us and everything. It's called the devils. Um, and, uh, you will not be able to find it in America, at least on a streaming service, although it has had its time on some streaming services. Mm. Um, but if you can find it on like a Amazon or something like that, I would highly recommend getting it. Uh, and maybe one day they'll make one of those awesome blu-ray special edition type of things and we can watch it in its full glory but um uh really 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 like that movie all right all right well i was gonna recommend a new mountain dew flavor (laughs) (laughs) but i'm actually gonna go with a more substantial pop culture recommend and that is uh casey musgrave's newest album Mm. um i've liked her music ever since uh follow your arrow that was the first song yeah. i ever heard of hers she made uh, a huge splash with that uh, she did and she's she has won many awards um she is a decorated um singer songwriter her her most recent album before this latest one uh was a masterpiece uh slow burn is probably my favorite song on there um but uh rainbow there's uh, there's every song is great and her songwriting is just has so much depth uh you can have melancholy followed immediately by something hopeful uh emotions just exist in parallel in her music mm-hmm. well she and her husband broke up they divorced between the last album and this newest one and her newest one is fearless it's just raw she's singing very openly uh, i do think it's interesting and you could do a case study on how she's basically made an entire album about an ex and no one has given her shit about it. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift makes one song about an ex and like she's targeting him or something. I know that's the, that's how, that's how like ridiculously popular Taylor Swift is. She is, it's one of those where it's not fair. I'm not saying it's fair. Uh, It's just that, she has achieved a level of fame where she is, she doesn't even really have to come out with any albums anymore. It's, you know, she's more than just a singer at this point. That's true. Um, and so like, uh, and she built uh, a lot of this uh, empire on singing about exes. And, and there were so many of them that we had to, you know, we, that we heard about in the news and who knows how many of those songs were actually about the people that we think that they're about, but right. Uh, that's that's what they were branded as. But anyway, I nope. digress. Uh, the latest album is called Starcrossed. Um, mm. It came out in September. And uh, if you've liked any of her music that you've heard, uh, this is just her getting better and better and maturing as a songwriter. Um, and uh, I'm a big fan. So that's my that's my last small recommend mm-hmm. for today. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about better help. Better help. Better help. Listen, the last two years have seen so much go online right a lot of people are working from home and doing zoom meetings a lot of healthcare went to telehealth um everything has changed because of this pandemic fast food restaurants of the future are all going to be drive-through yes i know i'm getting off course but my point is better help was ready for this before this happened better help is online Counseling with licensed professional therapists in your area. They have over 20,000 licensed professional therapists. 
you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. You don't have to change out of your pajamas. Uh, a lot of what people seek therapy for is anxiety, like me. And sometimes going to an office or even driving somewhere can cause anxiety. Uh, BetterHelp is also great because it offers you several ways to do therapy. If you want to do text messaging, if you want to do email, if you want to do phone calls, or if you want to do video. Uh, you can also message your therapist whenever you want, and you'll get a prompt response. And you can schedule therapy sessions that work around your schedule. So yeah. go to BetterHelp dot com slash recotopia that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a reco as in recommend and topia as in utopia mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so betterhelp.com slash recotopia and use the discount code recotopia and you will get 10 percent off your first month which it's not nothing yeah. um i'm in therapy myself uh i have seen so much growth in the last five to ten years as i have truly started to focus on who I am and what events in life made me this way and how I can learn tips and tricks to uh, keep some of those demons at bay. So if you have been thinking about checking out therapy, I encourage you to go to betterhelp.com slash Recotopia, use the discount code Recotopia and get 10% off your first month. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. Um, the big recommend, uh, so, uh, so this is one that we both seen and, uh, and I, and I picked this one because it's just one of those movies that I, I was not expecting very much from at all to be, to, I mean, uh, I had not seen a Jane Campion movie for a really long time. She did in the cut, which I believe was the last, uh, one that I saw of hers and I didn't like it too well. Although I have seen some, uh, retro reviews, uh, recently that said this movie's better than you think. Um, and, uh, she's, you know, known for the piano and everything. I saw this trailer and the trailer was like, okay, this looks really pretty, but what is this movie about? What is the deal with this movie? Mm -hmm. Why is Benedict Cumberbatch? Why does he hate Cody Smith McPhee so much in this movie? Mm. And what does it have to do with Jesse Plemons and Kirsten mm. Dunst and all that? And mm. there's just a lot of like very vague things that were going on. And it even ends on that weird, like Benedict Cumberbatch whistling, uh, as she, as he turns towards Kirsten Dunst that we find out later. Um, 
and it just like the power of the dog and you're like okay this is gonna be that one of these pretentious western type movies and i don't know it may still be pretentious for all i know but um god i loved it i love um, this movie so much and yeah. why why yeah. do i love this movie so that's much? the key right because i i've seen it twice i watched it last mm-hmm. night for the second time to prep and i loved it even more yeah but i am still not a hundred percent sure what it's about mm-hmm. uh i i think it's about we'll dive into this in a minute i think it's about multiple things yeah and that's, it is. that's probably the point uh but it's not like a lot of movies that i fall in love with um mm-hmm. yeah it is i uh, visually stunning like a like chloe Zhao films the, with the mountains like Montana is very visually beautiful in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a part of what makes the characters stand out so much. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Cumberbatch, who apparently was in character on set the entire time. And I read yesterday, mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons said it was kind of irritating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, yeah, I, I can... can only imagine what that's like, right? Where you right. want to discuss a scene with somebody and they're just like, <laughs> just, and, and why is it always when they're method acting? And I don't know if this is true method acting, but if they're going to stay in their character during the whole thing, why is it always the most asshole characters? <laughs> Like they're never, I think the last time I heard of a character that was method that wasn't an asshole character was Sean Penn in fast times at Ridgemont high. Cause he oh. was, he was playing, um, God, why can't I think of the name? Spicoli. Spicoli. He was playing Spicoli. Uh, you know, he was, uh, always Spicoli on the set and everything, but like, it seems like, you know, Daniel Day Lewis, who's always playing these asshole characters, he he's he's always in character as that person. Uh, and then you know, of course, Cumberbatch playing an honorary character, he's got to be this kind of dickhead too. But um, that, there are a lot of parallels, by the way, to this movie, and there will be blood, especially a Johnny Greenwood score, which is going to make you totally think of there there will be blood. Not not to mention the western setting and all yep. that, but um. Uh, yeah, I think it is about a lot of things. When you when you when you look at that conversation that he and Jesse Plemons have at the beginning of this movie, you can tell there's something that Cumberbatch is wanting. He is he's alone. I think as much as Plemons is alone. Plemons is definitely feels like he's alone. Cumberbatch feels like he's alone. They he lost a, a good friend, a, a mentor. Uh, many years ago and it appears that the brothers have never really gelled and you can i mean cumberbatch and plemons yeah that's a that's a completely different uh, uh set of brothers there um they're supposed to be somewhat close in age but like plemons is in real life 11 years younger than cumberbatch so mm-hmm. a lot of the times when cumberbatch is like 25 years ago i'm like well 25 years ago desi <laughs> plemons was in middle school um, um uh, but, uh, but you can see, you can see that there's a wanting there. They, he wants, he wants them to have a relationship. It doesn't matter how ornery he is or anything. He wants the brothers to be brothers and he wants Jesse Plemons to be as good a ranch hand as he is. Obviously not. That's probably mm-hmm. one of the big reasons why they 
haven't gotten close over the years. They have different interests completely. Yeah. Um, and so that's what drives starts driving a wedge is when he, when Plemons runs into Kirsten Dunst and starts courting her and everything and, and lavishing attention on her and bringing her back into the family. It's a big, huge invasion to Cumberbatch. Well, uh, and he's, when that happens. he gets jealous too. I think like, mm-hmm. As the movie progresses, you begin to learn there was probably a lot more. There was maybe a lot more to this Bronco Henry relationship, yeah, than uh, he ever lets on. Uh, there's even a moment near the end where he tells a story about huddling together in the freezing cold, body to body, to stay warm, and the kid goes naked, and mm-hmm. Cumberbatch ignores him. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so they were naked. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that, in and of itself doesn't have to mean they were lovers um but i do feel like the movie is hinting that he was in love with this guy and he lost him he lost him you know 20 years ago and there's been this gaping wound and so you know i think my first viewing i thought cumberbatch's character whose name is phil uh i thought he was psychotic Mm -hmm. uh and maybe he is but but on my second viewing i think he just wants everyone to be as miserable as he is yeah like he, as soon as Clemens, he's already calls Clemens fatso all the time. Yeah. He, he always, already belittles the guy, but then that guy finds a wife and he immediately starts picking away at that. And like the way he, that whole banjo piano scene is mm-hmm. fucking masterpiece because yeah. she's trying to learn to play the piano. There's this big dinner party coming. She, she's not very good. She used to play it in the pit at, strip clubs or something or <laughs> movie cinema, theaters movie theaters sorry <laughs> same thing um yeah. <laughs> so she's super nervous i actually think plemons is kind of a dick for pushing this so much yeah because uh, he puts her in a bad position well he she's... definitely is a stressor in this that yeah and, uh, like cumberbatch gets a lot of the uh blame for uh, driving her to drink we'll get into that too but uh but think about what he does what Clemens does during this whole thing like per- forcing the piano forcing a meet with the governor and all this and his like parents. really high pressure stuff yeah and his parents all this high pressure stuff um that and then and then there are times where he's gone for an entire week apparently yeah. there's there they alternate weeks in which they're gone to go at the town or something get supplies or something uh, so, so there's alternate weeks where he's not there and she has to deal with Cumberbatch the whole time for a whole week. Yep. And then when he, when Plemons does come back, he's, you know, let's, let's, uh, put a, a baby grand piano in the, uh, in the den or the living room so that you can play it. And I brought this up, I think before in, uh, uh, our older days, um, but it seemed kind of like um it seems kind of like uh, uh citizen kane where he where he's trying to get uh you know he's trying to get uh god what's the name of the girl the opera singer i can't even remember right now i've seen citizen kane a million susan alexander oh, yeah. um he's trying to get Su- susan to be this big opera singer and of course she's not very good at it at all but keeps forcing her to go out there and sing and get bad reviews and and the only good review comes from his papers and stuff like that. It's kind of almost like that, what Plemons is doing with her on a very smaller scale, obviously. But, um, but uh, it, it's, it is interesting like that. Um, 
that he puts pressure on her as well. So yeah, and I, I I wrote down that the, one of the reasons I'm not sure what the movie is about is that the first hour feels like it's about the siblings. It's about Phil and George and you know their uncomfortable situation. But once he marries, then it seems to be about the that weird. You know, Phil wants to make everybody miserable. Then the kid comes back from school mm-hmm. and it turns into this whole other thing where Phil goes pretty quickly from trying to like terrorize the kid to taking him under his wing because he realizes that will make Kirsten Dunst even more uncomfortable mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. rather than just picking on him if he like befriends him. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's evil, but there is also something, he sees something in the kid. And it's not just that they can both see the shadow of the dog on the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does take a, a certain liking to him that's genuine. Um, it's such a complex character, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like there, I feel like I want andrew garfield to win best actor because he was so electric but in any other year there are so many great lead performances and this would be one and if, he, if cumberbatch wins he deserves it mm-hmm. it's the most nuanced layered textured character in the whole film um i loved it i love it i don't know why i love it yeah they it's an that's a it is an interesting thing uh, talking about why he takes this kid under his wing. I've, I've read that too, that he's doing this to, um, to, um, throw it in the face of Kirsten Dunst in this, in this, to to drive her even crazier and everything. But one thing that makes me think that it's, it's possible that he started it off that way, but then it was, I don't know. Um, what the, the the order of the movie is that um he he keep he's um always hard on this Cody Smith McPhee guy um over and over and over again just constant abuse or constant like kidding and and you know whatever but once he discovers the hideaway place that Cumberbatch is bathing in and has that that handkerchief around his neck that has Bronco, uh, Bronco Henry's, uh, initials on it. And he, of course he's seen now, I don't, we don't know if Phil has seen his knows that he found the stash of the old, like physique magazines that yeah. are in the little, uh, underneath the tree or wherever it is, um, that has Bronco Henry's name on it. And it's like, it's naked men who are like muscle guys or whatever, uh, we don't know if he's found that or not, but right after that scene, um, there's a, there's a scene where he's, where, um, uh, I don't want to keep on saying Cody Smith, what is his name? Uh, Peter, Peter, um, uh, Peter walks through that camp and everybody's calling him homophobic names and everything. He walks up, ignores them looks at these birds in a nest and then walks back. And then at the time he's walking back, that's when Phil says, come over here. And we got off on the wrong foot. Yeah. And, and I, I, and yes, that's horrifying um, to Rose Kirsten Dunst's character and everything, but like it just, I don't know. It feels like if it was always that, 
that would be something that he's that we'd always see to make sure that he'd be looking back to see what she's feeling every mm. moment of the way. But as soon as this starts happening, she's kind of out of the picture for a while. She and, and, and we, we get to see, we get to see her in, you know, uh, alcoholism get worse and worse and worse. Um, and there is a moment where she comes out and says, no, I don't want him to be out there with him and all that. And, um, but I, it, but there is definitely something and it could, yeah, it could be what broke the ice was that shadow dog thing. Like, you know, like only Bronco Henry could come up with this. Like that's, that's been his worldview over this whole, this whole time. This Bronco Henry is the, the upper elite echelon of men. And, and he's the only one who could see that dog out there. And now this guy comes in in a few seconds, finds it right away and and uh and it and it's and it's sort of been like whoa that's blown his mind it's like it's it's like when you've been in this bubble all your life and somebody from the outside comes in and just like immediately does things that you thought were hard um that's when he starts to really get in like starts to respect him and everything and then he he doesn't he's not hard on him the rest of the movie really no um, um he, 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 he does some tough love type stuff. Like, you know, he's trying to ride a horse and he's, and all the people are like always trying to keep him from falling off the horse. And he's like, Nope, let yeah. him, let him, let him figure learn. it out on his own. Yeah. Well, do you think he at some point sees an opportunity for him to be a Bronco Henry to the kid? Yeah. There's even a point where he says he didn't start riding until your age. Hmm. Um, and, and he, I think he does see some things in him that are, are exactly alike and that he can maybe mold him. He can be a mentor to him. Uh, and there, there may even be, you know, there may be even some uh, subtext in here. Cause he does say at one point, he's like, don't let your mom, uh, uh, raise you as a sissy or something like yeah. that. And there's yeah. sort of that in him too. Like, let me, let me knock the gay out of you essentially right. is what he's saying. And, um, and, uh, and so there's this, there's this sort of, it feels like there's an opportunity for him to, to make him a tough guy. I feel like, like, like <clears throat> uh, I think you're right. I feel like all along he sees himself in this kid, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, I'm inclined to believe from my opinion that Phil is probably gay or has had mm -hmm. gay experiences uh yeah. and so when he first sees the kid he belittles him because he remembers i used to be not as macho as i am now and uh and then i think he turns it around and starts mentoring him because he sees well i, I can turn him into a tougher guy just like i was turned into a tougher guy by bronco henry even though mm -hmm. we probably had sex um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also wrote down, and this is neither here nor there, but I got to get it out. Why do you cast Thomas and McKenzie for one scene? Yeah, I don't get that. I've seen a lot of that recently uh, where just like a, like it's all, it, it makes me wonder if she did this movie before she kind of blew up. Okay. Um, where she was still kind of taking these small roles and everything. And then, and then uh, so she did it or she, ac she accepted the role. 
and then went on to do like yeah. a couple of other big things. And then she came back as well. I agreed to do this. So that's fair. Yeah, I, I thought maybe it was a larger role at some point and that got edited down. Uh, Cause I'm going along this whole movie going, wow, there really only are a few people, you know, in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then bam, there's a face. I was like, I know her. Mm -hmm. Didn't make much yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is a movie I will definitely be watching again and again. Mm -hmm. um, and probably finding new ways to understand it every time I watch it and new yeah. things to take away from it. Um, but I, I do love, yeah, I think in general, we want the, these big recommends to be a discussion about the film, right? There's mm -hmm. definitely plenty of spoiling that we've talked about here. I don't think we'll do big spoils, right? Right. Uh, like we won't spoil that Snape killed Dumbledore or oh, Dumbledore was dead the Snape whole time. Or Bruce Willis killed Snape. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I do love the way this movie ends uh, with the kid. And we'll get into this a little bit more with the, with the double feature, but uh, the, the kid makes choices I did not expect um, in the name of protecting his mother um, and uh, good stuff. Great, mm -hmm. great acting. All four of the leads are great. I thought yeah. Jesse Plemons was 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 harrowing and Breaking Bad. Then he was mm -hmm. hilarious in Game Night, and here mm -hmm. he's playing one of the meekest characters I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. I. I. Well, I don't know. yeah. It, it just to you know to go back to that. Uh, what each brother uh, brother's role is in this, you know, like it's clear that uh, Phil's the leader. And he is just some, you know, he's just the brother because there's a point where he comes, but he's late to the bar that they're all drinking at. Yeah. And he goes, all right, come on guys. It's time to eat. And, and everybody's just kind of like, yeah, everybody's just kind of like, what? <laughs> you know? And we then know finally the takes, <laughs> yeah. Then it takes uh, Cumberbatch to actually say something. Um, but yeah, uh, a huge recommend and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I wasn't, I, I really wasn't expecting it to be uh, this affecting to me. I, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. So. All right. Power of the dog on Netflix, yeah. a Netflix original. Mm -hmm. um, and now let's move into the super secret double features recommendation. Ooh, from the super, yeah, this will be interesting. Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret? Our dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. Now I'm going to give you a few that I almost went with. Okay. Um, uh, I almost went with Phantom Thread for Ooh, yeah, yeah. a very obvious final act parallel. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't know that the entire movies are sharing the same themes. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I, I almost went with Cape Fear. Um, hmm. Hmm. And I wrote, a marriage and a terrible person are thrust together. <laughs> and the child is intrigued by the terrible person. Okay, yeah, yeah. But again, those two movies wouldn't really feel like a match. So I'm going with uh, a movie that's 20-some years old called Fresh, uh, mm. about uh, a chess-playing kid who lives in the projects, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson is his estranged father. Their only interactions are at Washington Square Park playing chess. We've been there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And he is very hard on his son as a chess father. Um, but his son is, you know, pretty good at chess. And this is an obvious parallel chess because the kid is basically being used by two or three different drug dealers uh, to be a mule. One 
has his sister kind of hooked on drugs and dating him and got feels like the kid is under his thumb for that. That's Giancarlo Esposito. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie. I but, have. I, you I, you recommended it uh, several years ago. Yeah. And I watched yeah. it probably that weekend. I think that's great. Yeah. Really, really, really uh, liked it. Uh, I haven't seen it since. So I, it, um, I, I remember liking it, but I don't remember much about it at this point. It's been about five years, I think. Yeah. I think the, the reason I would pair this as a double feature is, is the kid doing everything he can uh, in this case, it's his sister and not his mother, but to uh, get a family member out of a bad situation um, and into a better one. Uh, and in doing so, outsmarts adults that you would think would not be outsmarted by a child. Mm-hmm. Um, powerful ending. Um, <clears throat> and I don't really want to, it's not a spoiler, but I don't want to ruin it because it's, it's, it'll get you, I think. But um yeah, I just think it would make a nice pairing. It's not the same kind of setting. It's not shot the same way, but uh, just the idea of, of a an innocent kid with toxicity all around him who finds a way to sort of bring his relative and him through that. Uh, so my surprise double feature for Power of the Dog is fresh. All right, I like it. I like the uh, I like the thinking there because it it's easy. It would have been easy. It's not an easy movie to pair, but it would have been an easy movie to pair with something like There Will Be Blood, which has a, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, the Plainview character is is so much kind of like this Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. uh, character. So, uh, you know, stuff like that or other Westerns or whatever. I like the idea of pairing it with something that on the surface doesn't seem like, uh, uh, you know, a, a true double feature and everything. And I like your reasoning for it, too. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I believe we have time for uh, a few questions. What do yeah. you say? Yeah, let's do some questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I am listening. All right. So uh, I'm going to start with um, who is the most confused movie character you've ever noticed? Mm-hmm. Like people who aren't aware of the plot details or character details that the viewer gets to see, which would lead them to be extremely confused. Their, their uh, example here is Danny Houston in Wonder Woman. Seemed mm-hmm. like he would have been confused by who the hell Wonder Woman was and why she was accusing him of being an evil god. Right, um, right. So, uh, what do you uh, think about that one? Yeah, and, and I don't know if he said the the questioner is setting a parameter here of you know something the character doesn't, and the character is going in uh, confused about something like. So one that I don't think fits that parameter, but is a confused character. And for good reason, because it's a confusing plot, it's Jeff Lebowski and the big Lebowski. Mm, Um, uh, You know, he is thrust into a situation that is completely confusion can confusing with a lot of different characters that keep coming in and out of his life that he are loosely connected to everything that's going on. And, uh, and uh he's he's just a simple stoner guy and and uh and he is uh he keeps running into stuff that just doesn't make sense like why are there people busting down his door and asking him where the money is and everything why is it that the why is it that when they when they do throw the money out that the bad guys say they didn't get the money and like just uh, just a lot of like 
you know, characters just keep coming in and out and doing things like, who, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> who the fuck is he? Um, uh, I also uh, picked the gas station cashier in Gross Point Blank. Um, uh, it's a great scene because John Cusack comes back to his home and it's his old house. His old house has been converted into a gas station and uh, he walks in and he has no clue what's going on. Why is this house a gas station? He goes up to the cashier and he's like, he's like, who are you? And the guy and, and the cashier's like, what? And he's like, he's like, who, who are you? What, why are you here? What is it? He just, just go starts asking these questions that don't have any like real concrete answers yeah. other than the fact that the gas station is here and I got hired <laughs> and, uh, and uh and to to think of all the things that end up happening in there where he that kid ends up uh playing uh the doom arcade game which i think is interesting um uh he's playing that doom arcade game and like all that big shootout happens behind him while he's playing and ace of spades is playing and uh and uh and, and, and cusack ends up like pulling him out of the store and he, he turns around and sees the whole store trashed and it blows up and at the very end of it uh cusack's like are you okay and he's like no i'm hurt i'm pissed and i need to get another job <laughs> <laughs> that's much better that's much better than my answer uh, <laughs> i'm i went with jk simmons in terminator genesis um, oh yeah who is only confused by the fact that no one else has seen the evidence he has seen mm -hmm. and it leads to this across time this is a time traveling movie it's not just one or two things this guy has seen i think three different evidences of terminator yeah and he goes back to the video room to try and get video proof and it's been destroyed and he goes god damn time traveling robots always <laughs> covering up their tracks yeah and that's gotta be like the line <laughs> of uh, the last 10 years or so and it's in a terrible movie it is it sure is um but yeah, and maybe he's not confused as much as exasperated, but just like, ah, I can't ever prove to anyone that this is, there's a great <laughs> episode, there's a great episode of Frasier where Frasier starts dating a supermodel, but coincidences keep anyone from ever meeting her and <laughs> they, they end up believing that he's made her up and mm -hmm. he doesn't really, she doesn't really exist. Uh, I feel like that's what this guy must feel like. Um, let's do another one. There's uh, a thing, by the way, in movies, I don't, I don't know what the, and maybe it's just a me thing, but it's, it's always frustrating to watch a character try to explain to other characters, this insane stuff that they have no chance of ever proving to that person. Yes. And so, and so I always sit there and end up going, what, what's, what's even the point of this at this, at, at, at this point, like, just don't even bother trying to tell the story because you're not going to be able to prove it. And, uh, th there's always just that like point in a movie where you're just like, God, this is just a waste of time. Why are you telling somebody that you're insane? Oh man. All right. Um, let's, uh, somebody wanted to know our most anticipated films of 2022 and okay. uh, we overlap a little bit, but I'll let you go first. This is sad to me, the, the movies that I wrote down, because first off, I'm not really all that aware of the, the so-called newer type stuff that's coming out. Like, I haven't seen a bunch of trailers of like some original comedy or, 
you know, whatever. And obviously the ones that are on the slate right now are all these comic book adaptations. Uh, there's probably more in this year than I have ever seen in my life are coming out in 2022. They just so happen to be ones that I, I do want to watch and, and I genuinely do want to watch these, but God, man, I am really, really upset that there's not anything that I, there's no trailer I've seen of something new. That's like, oh yeah, that is when that comes out in June or whatever, that's, I'm going to be, I'm going to watch that immediately. But, um, I, I, we both wrote the Batman down. I, I, I am, I am very interested in watching the Batman. Uh, I'm, I, I really want to see what they do with this Dr. Strange, uh, multiverse of madness. Uh, and especially since it was, um, uh, uh didn't Raimi end up, uh, directing this uh-huh. didn't so sam raimi is on is on that i'm going to be really interested to see how he does that uh uh i am interested in Lightyear, the sort of the toy story tangent uh movie yes uh, chris evans is playing Lightyear and, and buzz Lightyear in this uh where it's an actual story not the toy buzz Lightyear, but the actual buzz Lightyear that the character toy would be based on that the toy is based um uh so i'm kind of interested to see that uh even though that's yet again it's derivative of you know of stuff that they already have been have made i'm gonna be all about that thor love and thunder movie because yeah, taika waititi is is he's i i've I'm pretty much ever at this point i've seen almost everything he's done and i'm just all right just i'm fine just go ahead and give it to me I, it's thor it's thor four and i'm wanting to watch it i want to see i hated the first two and i want i love the last one so yep. let me see this one um and then uh there is a there is a spider-man across the spider-verse but it's a part one of course yes um yeah. <laughs> and but uh i want to see that too because the 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 last uh one of those was great too so i'm 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 gonna want to see this so it's a lot of comic book adaptations and i'm yeah. really sad about that yeah i do like i should have known they would do this i do like that across the spider-verse is taking him into other universes this time instead of mm-hmm. bringing other spiders into ours and they're mm-hmm. doing uh, different animation styles for Ooh. each different universe uh, so I'm very intrigued with that. Another one that I did not write down that I thought of before we recorded, and I, I may not have shared this trailer with you. And if I did, I apologize. If I didn't, I apologize. Everything, everywhere, all at once. This is mm-hmm. an A24 movie that comes out in March, starring Michelle Yeoh as an aging immigrant who discovers that she can tap into different universes of lives she could have led, including. Oh kung fu master and whatnot and she alone can save the world by harnessing all these different hers mm-hmm. and so it starts out she's got like mundane life and job and then all of a sudden she's doing kung fu because she's like in, been infused with another her that went on to become a kung fu master you did share this trailer i remember yeah. watching it and uh i did not know at the time or i didn't remember jamie lee curtis and jenny slate are in this movie oh yeah um, and those are both always welcome. But other than other than that, what Chris said is basically what I'm looking forward to: the Batman, um, Top Gun Maverick if it actually comes yeah. out, um, mm-hmm. and Thor: Love and Thunder were the main ones I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The only other question that I think we really could answer would be what we think is going to win Best Picture, and we both wrote down the movie we just discussed and recommended. And and this is interesting. This this rarely ever happens, by the way. Uh, uh, usually, I go through um, a uh, you know a bunch of a, a year's movies that are the top contenders and everything, and I usually come up with a uh, one that is my favorite that is not the Oscar favorite, but uh apparently and i was shocked at this i went to the vegas odds on this power of the dog is the number one Mm. uh right now it's the odds on favorite along with west side story which is kind of surprising to me and Mm -hmm. belfast Mm. i saw belfast belfast is very good i in fact not to ruin a future one of these podcasts (laughs) but belfast and uh and uh roma would be a great double feature ooh, ooh yeah because they're both like almost autobiographical they're both period pieces and black and white yeah i could totally see yeah. about family yeah uh belfast is really 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 good um and uh but you know the problem with both belfast and west side story is that nobody went to see them in theaters and so even academy voters probably didn't see them in theaters yeah right and it was a it's a strange year like there's we're still we're still uh clearly affected by the pandemic no matter what anybody says Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if there's anybody saying that we're not but it, it like it's clear to me that the those home run there's usually like six to ten home run movies that you could you could go i don't know could be this one could be that one and usually there's one even in that group that's like that's definitely the favorite that's the one that's just like slam dunk best picture whatever but um but uh this year there's a lot of it, everything's kind of like segmented it feels like and maybe it's just my own experience there's just not anything out there that's just been like and, and to to use a bad example forest gump there's not a forest gump out there you know what there's i mean not, yep yeah, yep. it, and, and the and Power of the Dog is way better than Forrest Gump. I'm just saying that you know there's not a movie out there that everybody's seen, big huge blockbuster or uh, or a, or a kind of an indie film that still a lot of people have seen that it even got close to 100 million domestic or whatever. Right. Not anything like that. You know, we're we, we're still not all the way back. We're definitely no, no. still not all the way. I mean, back. they're pushing hard for Spider-Man No Way Home to get a Best Picture nomination, and it might. Yeah, yeah. And- that to me is evidence we're not all the way back <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right yeah Recotopia episode two which we'll record live that you can chat along if you are a member of our uh patreon uh will be my choice on the big recommend and chris's turn to come up with a surprise double feature mm-hmm. and uh my choice for episode two is coda mm-hmm. um this is a film co-starring marley matlin it is very much about uh, being deaf and having deaf family members. It's on Apple Plus, um, so that may not be a service. Let's just admit we're never going to be able to please everybody every time out of the gate. Not everybody mm-hmm. has every streaming service, so we're going to hop around a bit. And um, you can get, if you have Apple devices, there's prop very likely like an Apple TV free trial you might not have used yet that lasts like i think three months oh, yeah. um but coda is about uh coda stands for a child of deaf adults uh and the main character is ruby and she is a hearing individual and her parents and brother are both deaf um 
And so basically it's kind of a coming age story and she's torn between her own dreams and desires. She wants to be a singer and, you know, her family's dependence on her to translate uh, through sign language, everything that is said to them, that's a fishing family. Um, so she's on the boat, you know, sign, signing to the Coast Guard. She's on the dock signing to the guy who buys the fish in her, well, she's signing to her dad and brother, but interpreting. Um, I was really moved by this. I, I, most of you may know that I am more than 50% deaf, and that is certainly part of it. Uh, but the, the performances are great, and the, the film does a few things in a few different scenes with sound um, that are really poignant and really mm -hmm. kind of bring home uh, what the movie's trying to say. So give that movie a look if you are able before next episode and then join us uh, and chat along. And uh, that'll be the next episode. Chris, you want to say any goodbyes? Uh, yeah, that's going to be it. I, I think uh, definitely go watch Coda and then, uh, and then, yeah. Uh, talk to us about it uh, next week. That'll be fun. Um, but um, yeah, that's the end of uh, our first episode of Recotopia. Um, I, uh, so, so in the past with the Sincast, I, you know, would tell you a whole bunch of places to go to talk about this episode. I have, I think I firmly decided I'm not going to do Facebook. For totally this. fine with me. Um, so, uh, if you guys want to go to our discord, which is completely like open, but it's also got, you know, mods and stuff. So don't be a dick. Um, go to our discord, go to our cinema sense discord and, and talk about, uh, Recotopia there. And I will, I will uh, try to respond to as many people as possible. Jeremy could even come over there, uh, as well. But we also we also have uh, Cinema Sense Twitter as well uh, is a good place to uh, uh, come talk about uh, our first episode of this new podcast. Uh, we'd like to hear your input on that. So, um, but yeah, that's going to do it for for this first episode. Uh, Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott. Yeah, we'll see you. <laughs>